guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. This is Ryan. And this is Quincy. And uh, this week we, uh, we're talking about a few movies. Um, there's one specifically that I am so goddamn excited to get into, uh, The Mutilator. Uh, but before that, uh, I figure, uh, you know, hey Quincy, how's your week going? What's going on? You know, I went to the video store today, and I uh, sold some old stuff to buy some new old stuff. I got uh, Halloween on Blu-ray, so I'm really excited to add that to my collection. Excellent. Uh, that and Pet Cemetery on Blu-ray have been like my my standards on my shelf of like these are the movies that I want to watch in high definition repeatedly oh for sure uh so i'm pretty excited about that i exercise a lot of restraint i did not buy the bye bye man on blu-ray however <laughs> if any listeners want to send me a copy of the bye bye man on blu-ray i will not turn it down for free the blu-ray man. um yeah the blu-ray man uh also i re- exercise restraint i almost bought a blu-ray combo disc of hellraiser four through eight which is Hellraiser in Space, the other one, the other other one, and Hellraiser <laughs> on the Internet. Yeah, which Hellraiser sequels are one of my favorite phenomenons, in, or phenomena, I suppose, plural? Yeah, I went to college. Um, phenomena. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
Okay. A real varied career, but if you ever were at the um, comic shop and you find Chester Brown, I highly recommend checking out his work. Yeah, I'll definitely look into it. I, I love what a phenomenon uh, finding a weather-beaten piece of porn in the woods is for people kind of our age and, and older, because I, I don't think... I feel like the kids now aren't exactly finding their, their bad uh, porn in the woods, because they're not going into the woods, first of all, and print porn is, as we know, sort of slowly petering out in favor of uh, half-hour-long videos you can find in two seconds. Were you living with me when I found the box of porn in the oh, storage I, I rem- unit? Oh, I remember the box of porn. I had forgotten about that until just Ian, you found a box I've- of porn. I found a box of porn in a storage unit because I it was between semesters and I was uh, couch surfing, so I needed a place to keep my stuff. And outside my storage unit was a unmocked box of pornography. And our good friend Ian uh, gave me the advice of put that in your car, and then I did. <laughs> and Listen, you've come across some porn. Like, put it in your car. And it was weird, like. British porn. It was like Foxy Lass or something like that. <laughs> but, uh... So speaking shit. of porn, let's talk about the mutilator. Although actually, yes, let's talk about the mutilator. But uh, quickly on the on on the uh, the note of porn, uh, one of my professors uh, in college, I it's it's a thing that I, I've just I've never resolved because I want mystery in my life. Um, we were talking about Philip Larkin, and apparently Philip Larkin had particularly wild porn collection and he wouldn't elaborate on philip larkin's porn collection he just sort of got a really far away look and kind of had a haunted expression and then we moved on because he was like oh philip larkin's porn so anyway we're and and then that checks out i i have to say like that's one of those literary facts where like yeah probably (laughs) yeah it's sort of like philip it's sort of like john ruskin's thing with pubes you know, I bet Phil Barkin is way more like R. Crumb than we think. Like, he was obsessed with jazz. He probably had, like, a weird giantess thing. Oh, thing going. Maybe he, God, yeah. maybe he was the literary R. Crumb. <laughs> or is R. Crumb the literary R. Crumb? Yeah, R. Crumb. Well, I mean, I, I've i never, I, I've, I'm only familiar with, uh, I, 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 I always think of R. Crumb as, like, the print version of Ralph Bakshi where it's just fucking lurid, vile, cartoony, porny shit. That really um, does neither of them justice, because they are accomplished in their own regards. They're just also into titties a lot. (laughs) Sure, sure. Well, and more than titties. But, um, hi, uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're just (laughs) now joining us, this is a horror podcast. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So, yeah, so speaking of porn, The Mutilator, which is actually not porn. Um, no, it's actually, so, it's weirdly tasteful, except, no, I take it back, yeah. that gaff scene made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh, there's there's a death in here that actually, I, I'm not usually scandalized easily by, by horror movies. There's there's a thing in this that made me actually at work go, yeah, and then I had to quickly switch windows because I didn't want anybody to think I was a fucking monster. Was it the um, gaff through the vagina? Yes, it was. Um, yeah, where, that... and and come yeah comes out through her abdomen, and you're just sort of like you know this is yeah. not Jesus. But the thing is, the mutilator. I had never heard of this until you uh, put it on the list for uh, the, one of the movies we were going to be doing today. And yeah, and this I is just another one of those um, thank you to the magic of Blu-rays and companies like Arrow. Uh, saying, hey, remember this? And putting it out. Um, this is on Amazon Prime and Shudder. So if you have either of those services, this is definitely a must-watch. This is With one of 12... that caveat that it gets real gross. This is one of 12,000 plugs for Shudder we will have throughout the uh, uh, remainder of our podcast. Yeah, but full disclosure, Shudder are uh, providing us with an account. So we do plug them. So yeah, that's but, that. yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not just shills. We're also customers. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah but, we were re- just to to clear the air we were paying for shutter we said but what if we got this for free since we talk about it so much and they're <laughs> like yeah we could do that <laughs> and actually they um i don't know honestly i'm i'm very easily impressed but with shutter i like tweeted them um months ago like 
hey, are you guys ever going to get closed captioning on mobile? Because I stream it from my phone to my TV and... Frequently, I can't understand. They're like, yeah, you know, and then they tweeted back promptly, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, yes, we're working on it. They were very polite. Um, and I, because they showed basic customer uh, service, I was like, well, this is the service for me. Yeah. So the mutilator is about <laughs> a boy who, for Father's Day, is cleaning his, or is it his birthday? It's a, certainly a cake worthy celebration of some kind. I think it's a birthday because there's candles. So this little boy decides the best gift to his dad is to clean the rifle collection. And uh, as that classic, happens in... That classic activity you do for your dad, you clean his rifles. No, but that's actually something you do do is you clean the guns, and it takes a long time. Wait, are you shooting um, me? That's, that's a fun fact. I grew up a redneck, so I know things like that. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I... I have a war in, raging inside of me. It's the well, redneck gun-cleaning kid who I knows mean, what a gaff is before it's explained in the mutilator, and then yeah. the kid who's the liberal uh, college town. But, but like, wait, a, wait, wait a minute! Academic. Like, I've, I've met your dad. He doesn't strike me as the gun-toting type. Yeah, but my grandpappy totes guns. So, oh, uh, there we go. You know, I'd go mm-hmm. stay with grandpappy, and we'd clean the guns and <laughs> sure. fishing. Absolutely. Uh, we used to fish at the dam. You know, they uh, Tennessee Valley, Valley. there's a bunch of dams to generate electricity, and they stock them with fish so that it's not just a wasted body of water. So you literally go on the pier of the dam to fish. That's pretty, yeah, good Good for them. I mean, you've got a giant body of water. Put some fish in it. Yeah, you, like, that's what you do with any body of water is just fill Because it with if fish. you build it, rednecks will try to fish. You know, um... In my home, in the town that I live in, not my hometown, but the town I live in, there is a questionable body of water, uh, a river that the sewage treatment plant just dumps into, and people fish out of that. Out of the sewage treatment plant water? You know, the river, the river that when you drive past smells like fish shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, People fish out of that, and I assume they eat those fish. Jesus, why would you do it? They're... There's like people no... body, um, people inner tube in that water too. But it's shit water. It's it it smells like. I mean, you can attest. You've lived in this town too before too. It oh, smells like duty. The, the reek, yeah. And actually, my uh, my yeah. dad um, and his wife for um, a couple of years actually, when they were living in a trailer park, and I would visit them for the summer. Um, they the trailer park was located right next to a water treatment plant. So yeah. it smelled like hell's gym socks. It smelled, oh my, it was so bad. And, you know, you just live next to it. And, and I realized while, while staying there um, that summer that, like, you know, you can become really accustomed to, uh, accustomed to terrible things if given enough time. Yeah, it's like we drive past the dump to visit my uh, mother-in-law, mm-hmm. and the dump smells like penicillin. Like, it's got this weird chemical uh, smell. And there's houses across the highway from the dump. And I guess you just get used to the fact that your life is permeated with trash stink. I mean, humans live in Antarctica. Like, we will... I, I, I feel like our threshold for bullshit... We can, we can pretty much put up with anything. So, I want to... Um put a pin in that because we'll need to come back to the phrase our threshold for bullshit lets us put up with a lot of stuff (laughs) because my wife uh walked in during said gaff scene and said why do you do this to yourself (laughs) i i literally put my hands up and looked through the cracks in my fingers to watch the movie in that Uh part yeah well, and, like, and the thing like is, like a scandalized well, little child. Well, and I feel like we're underselling somewhat how much we loved this movie. Oh, um, um, so so we were going back to the synopsis. So little kids cleaning his dad's gun collection, and as per usual in the eighties, the gun goes off and kills his mom. So the dad beats the child, and then we're taken to the present, where we're led to believe these are college kids. But these are the most 38-year-old-looking college kids I have ever seen. They all have IRAs. Like, they they are all... (laughs) They're they're 89 years old if they're a day. 
And we're here seat men, but good lord, is there a lot of body hair in this? Oh movie. yeah, and actually, I, I was I, I was impressed by the level of chest hair. Although I think I'm willing to excuse that a little more because I was the hairy kid in like junior high. Because <laughs> I was I was that kid that you'd have in gym class that everybody's you know like getting getting into their gym clothes in the locker room, and you see that one kid, and you're just like Jesus, were you cursed by an angry wizard? Is God angry at you? Like, did you find weather-beaten porn in the woods, and this is God's punishment? For... <laughs> this is your and, punishment. Yeah, this is. You know what? Not just Harry Palms. You're just gonna be fucking Harry and the Hendersons for the rest of your tiny life. Um, so when I when He's I see a, a super being shunned by John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> so when yeah, so when I see a hearsay, no, uh, just go. <laughs> get out of here just like shooting him and, and that was me in the lunch line trying to get Jello. um and uh and so when i see a hairy uh fake teen in a movie i'm i'm willing to excuse any any because <laughs> how could how can i accuse them of of you know yeah but so these uh now here's the thing the 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 teens in the mutilator which by the way subtitle uh, it, it was actually titled uh, fall break before because, because we've learned that in the pizza party, the dad, who's surprise, surprise, being estranged from, I don't remember the kid's name, let's call him Billy. Billy so Billy's yeah. estranged from his dad because, you know, Billy accidentally killed his dad's wife and they don't get along. But yeah, that'll put a know, dad your, invited uh, yeah. me. Yeah. So apparently, dad also owns a beach house and invited all the kids to come on fall break. So he's like, yeah, we'll patch up that strained relationship where he tried to strangle me uh, and go see him at his beach house. Yeah. And so they show up. And and, and so like with the fall break thing, there's a theme in this movie over the credits, which like the credits don't roll until 10 minutes in, by the way. Yeah. Um, and they're, they, then is played the catchiest fucking, this song belongs on a Waffle House jukebox. It's this, a perfect song. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, I'm, I'm looking for a download of it as we speak because I just need this on. I was going to say, can you drop a clip in? Is that fair use? Can you do that? Can you put a clip in the, the show? Um, I can do that. Uh, th- this will this this is ridiculous. I kind of want to do a chip tune cover of it because yeah, that's I, I, our new theme song. Yeah, Let I'm, me a tell par- you, I'm a parody of myself. I get so many compliments for the theme song of this podcast. Uh, really? That I just I, this is the first time I've I've had a I had a time to tell you like multiple times. Um, our listeners have tweeted out. Um, you know, this is my favorite theme song. This song is stuck in my head. Someone, uh, a friend of mine today, uh, what's up, Chuck? She texted me and said, uh, did you take that theme song from um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors? I was like, no, Ryan made that uh, because he made it to sound like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> Wait, I did? Wait, did have you, you ever actually... heard Zombie? Oh, I, I think have I, you ever I would, played Zombies Ate My I Neighbors? I would go over to a friend's house to play Zombies Ate My Neighbors because my mom wouldn't let me play it. And also, I didn't have an SNES anyway. I had a Genesis. Oh, man. I had a Genesis. Oh, man. Too. Now I got to look Genesis up the original music. While. Oh, shit. Yeah. So now I got to look up the music for Maybe Zombies that's Ate My Neighbors. What's that thing called where you accidentally plagiarize because it's just deep in your subconscious? Uh, if there's a word for that, I would be using it constantly and, and only that word to describe every piece of creative output I've ever had. Well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, that warms my... This is all my to just rot- say thanks to listeners for being cool and liking our stuff. That warms my rotten little heart. Because like, I had that melody stuck in my head for like weeks after, after recording uh, the theme. So, so clearly I need to just uh, replace that with a chiptune cover of the fall break theme. But the problem with the fall break theme and chiptune is you still have to keep the lyrics because there's the lyric, uh, once you fall for my... Wait, what is it? Once you fall for my heart, I'll... No, once you fall in my arms, I'll break into your heart. Yeah, fucking home invasion romance songs. Jesus. Like, it's just the oddest fucking lyric. Like, unlawful entry into your heart. Oh, and this is jumping way ahead. Um, are we going to spoil this movie? It's from... It's older than we are. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think this is 1985, yeah? Yeah, let's not, because it's kind of a hidden gem, and I think people should watch it. 
Um, oh, I agree. It's worth the um, three bucks for VOD. But well, um, the fact well, that it ends as darkly as it does, and then that fucking song is the end credits, and there's a blooper reel. Oh, yeah. Oh, this movie, it knows it knows exactly what you, the viewer who just watched The Mutilator, wants to watch. <laughs> like, it's, it's honestly... Now, here's, here's the thing. I am not a huge fan of early 80s slashers, by which I mean just sort of the endless, like, so Friday the 13th caught the big cog in 1980, and so a, a slew of fucking pretenders to the throne just started banging them out. So you'd get, like, the Jamie Lee Curtis movies with Prom Night and Final Exam and Terror Train. You had My Bloody, uh, My Bloody Valentine. You had all these early 80s slasher movies. And Sleep the Away Camp. Sleepaway Camp, right. And the problem is that a lot of them are not good. Like, and, and not just not good as in like, oh, you know, it's a cheesy, you know, slasher movie. It's just like, they all follow exactly the same format. They all have basically the same beats. And if you've seen one, you've pretty much seen them all. And the Mutilator slash Fall Break fucking owns because it's absolutely an early 80s uh, form slasher, but it's got g- actually good writing and you actually care about the kids in this like the the banter between these kids it i i care about these kids in the mutilator like they they legitimately there's man now here's the thing i know like you know the bar is too low dot gif but there's a scene in here where um this country boy and this this young girl are like flirting and she's like oh you know if we if you know if if we sleep together you know or if we don't sleep together tonight are you still going to like me tomorrow and without missing a beat, he goes, if we don't sleep together tonight, I'll still like you tonight. We'll just figure it out as we go. Yeah, and it was such a perfect, That was so like, goddamn nice. The two, the, the final girl actually says, I don't feel comfortable having sex right now. And the final girl's boyfriend's like, who's also the son of the, the killer dad, says, I agree. And they yeah, right literally on. go to sleep with their clothes on in the same bed. Man, to show um, that they're not even thinking about it. And it's wonderful. Like, don't get me wrong. This movie does have some titties um, flopping around. Uh, and I honestly, this is a, like a good iteration of early 80s slasher stuff. Because it actually does a good version of these teens getting picked off one by one. So that at a certain point when a bunch of their bodies are lying around waiting for the final girl to see the bodies of her friends, it it's brutal. You're just like fuck, I've gotten to know these kids. Like, the Friday the 13th movies, most of these kids, you don't give a fuck about them because the movie doesn't want you to give a fuck about them because they're meat for the beast. And And I feel like the thing that's really important about this movie is even though it's, you can pretty much tell it's a vehicle for special effects. Like, they designed kills and then they built a story around it. Oh, for sure. But... It's, for an 80 slasher, it's actually rather, it's trying to subvert the tropes. You know who the killer is immediately. You mm-hmm. see from the killer's actual perspective. Um, there's all these kids that are, you know, being murdered under the usual circumstances with like, oh, they're having sex, so they're going to be killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, this other guy is going to be killed because he's also, you know, up to shenanigans and all that. But it's still got that, like, I'm going to watch and, and still be upset. And also, by the end of the movie, even though there wasn't a big twist, I was watching because I was I wanted to see what happened next. I agree. Like, I... I... Because usually with an 80s slasher movie, you're just kind of watching it just to watch it. it. It's the movie equivalent of shotgunning an entire tube of Pringles, but for your brain. And this is, like, a snack food related. This is like nachos. You're kind of dipping it. You're savoring the movie. You're enjoying it. You don't hate yourself after eating an entire thing of it. Um, and the other, the other thing that I love about uh, The Mutilator is that it, I don't know, to me, it kind of proves that you can do the sort of showcase for special effects that is, like, teens getting hacked up in increasingly creative ways while still maintaining any kind of emotional core to the movie, and those deaths can mean something. And this is, a, I mean, the deaths meaning something is why the really, really great horror movies hold up to me. Like, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the kills mean something. Scream, every death matters in that, and it's not just a throwaway sort of, eh, fuck you, pal. Okay. I'm gonna get buck wild. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, let's 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 fucking let's do this. 
Is the Mutilator better than Event Horizon? <sighs> Fuck. Is it? I don't... Ooh. No. 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 The Mutilator is not better than Event Horizon, I don't think. Okay, so I'm a little too excited. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Now, so... All right. Well, well, actually, now, let's let's dig into that. Is it better than, than Return... Her, than, than um, Event Horizon? Because Event Horizon... Uh, Okay, let's start with our let's start with our, our usual test, Friday night test. Which would you rather watch? <laughs> Shit, I'd rather watch the Mutilator, but Event Horizon is really good it's because super good. it's hell. It's the best Warhammer 40k movie. It's <laughs> Slanesh, spaceship. No, fucking, wait, who's who's the the Chaos God? Is that that's not Zinch, is it? Yeah, Zinch is one of the the Chaos Gods yeah. in Warhammer. Yep, and and it's a staple. And there's in the Slanesh and Schlamazel and Hassan Pepper. <laughs> Hassan Pepper Incorporated. I mean, it does have <laughs> Sam, it does it it is a staple in the Sam Neill losing his shit genre of films. Um, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you know what? I kind of want to put the Mutilator higher than Event Horizon because it needs it more. I think because so the Mutilator is... this like the, honestly. Like, real talk, the fact that Friday the 13th, like, got over as huge as it did and got as many sequels and no one's ever heard of the Mutilator is a fucking crime. Okay, a couple of spots above the Mutilator, above Event Horizon, is House. 1977, Houseu. I think this is a better movie than Houseu. I think it's better it than House. Yeah. Pathos. Well, it, it means anything. Yeah. Like, now, and, and it doesn't. Right above. I mean, like, not that it's trying to make any huge statement about the human experience or relationships or anything, but it, no, here's the, here's the thing. House is very entertaining nonsense, and this is actually engaging. Now, here's where we run into some trouble. Number 19 is Blue Ruin, and that is super engaging, super thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Commentary I, on violence. I can't, in good conscience, put it above Blue Ruin. But that's still amazing. That would make... Okay, so we're saying Mutilator should be our new number 20. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think number right. number 20 is the bit at which I'm like, this is some good shit, and you should watch everything 20 and above. Right, right. 20 to number not, not one. That you shouldn't, like... and, and not that you shouldn't watch any of the other movies on this list, even if it's at, like, number 40-something. But, like, these are, these are, like, the true blue classics to me. I would say that if anyone approached me and said what should i watch i would say start from the top and work your way down until you get tired <laughs> well listen once you get into freddy's dead the final nightmare territory right you're gonna be right. dragging ass yeah so basically and i'm not saying like marathon but honestly you know once you get to uh night of the demons hardware that's kind of like advanced level you're you're a true hobgoblin to get that far down and i mean especially exactly. if you get down to the bye-bye man level mm -hmm. about like you're willing to sit through the color out of space like you know that's <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the uh there's yeah, no the hope advanced, for you there that's the advanced technique where like you know if you ask somebody if you know they want to watch like Suspiria or Mulholland Drive or something like that's more sort of like well no I mean these are objectively just good movies as movies and not just you have to be into some deep cut horror shit to really get really get into this right and I mean Eraserhead's kind of a tough watch but I think it's still significant and worth your time I totally agree man so tell me about Maniac because I started it and I did not finish it Oh man, so Maniac is, um, it came out the same year as Friday the 13th, 1980, and it's notable to me in that it's uh, a psychological, uh, it, it's, it's billed as a psychological slasher film, which seems like a contradiction in terms because slasher film usually means cheesy tits and, and goofy kills and um, a hair metal soundtrack, and Maniac is incredible to me because the main the the killer uh, in this whose name is Frank which I love I love the name Frank because I've only ever met one Frank in my life and I refuse to believe that anybody's actually named Frank um, <laughs> he it's what's wild about it is that so when he's not he lives in a he lives in a little apartment full of like mannequins and he has the classic sort of he was abused as a kid etc cetera, etc cetera, which um, not to get 
too real, but as someone who was also abused as a kid, I tend to hate the depiction of, well, if you're a child who got abused as a kid, clearly later on you're going to be a fucking monster. And I don't feel like Maniac is being exploitative with that. Um, Yeah, I feel like from what I've watched, he's definitely a sympathetic character, which is really interesting that this was in 1980 because I always thought Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer was kind of the first sympathetic, complex serial killer. And this kind of... I think the problem is, if you look at that poster, uh, the dick in those jeans is like Sticky Fingers level... It looks like a 70s Scorpions album cover with a severed head. Just his moose knuckle is wilding the fuck out on this poster. Uh, Pool of blood. Listen, folks, if you're not following us on Instagram, it's popping over there. You got to check it out. I posted a screen grab of this, and uh, good old friend Chuck, one of our uh, friends, real life friends and listeners, said, "Why, why is that dick so pronounced?" I looked close enough. You see the cut in the penis, like yeah, it's got yeah. the urethra hole through his jeans. <laughs> Which, you know, you want on your slasher thing. So obviously there's a psychosexual element to this. And of course with slasher movies generally, um, I think there's frequently the criticism of horror is that it's like weirdly, I don't know, those things are intertwined like sex and violence. And I think with Maniac, like the the wild, and honestly, I love that you brought up Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer because I would put, I would put Maniac and Henry on a double feature. Yeah, Definitely. I feel like um, Maniac had was was a big influence on Henry, um, even though Henry was about like actual true crime stuff and sort of dramatized. But the cool thing in Maniac to me is that Frank Zito, um, the killer, he's kind of got this thing where like he's got a life outside of what he does at night and like wandering around in his home with the mannequins. Like he has a couple of conversations with like women in this where it's like a normal, non-disgusting, weird conversation. And yeah, I think yeah, he can be a quasi-functional member when he's not murdering people. And that makes it more disturbing to me that like he's able to kind of hold his own in a conversation with a woman without sort of screaming, "I'm dirty!" and like scuttling off like a fucking cockroach. And so, and and there, like, there's there's a sequence in this that might be one of the most harrowing sequences in a horror movie that I've I've ever seen, especially for the time. Shit, 1980, where he's in a subway station. And there's like a, a, a cat and mouse game with um, yes, the person he kills. Yes, I did get to she... watch this part. It's really great. Oh, man. It's, it's, I was white knuckling it through that fucking scene. Um, yeah, because and so, like, it, it, it plays with audience expectation too because, you know, he's chasing her. She's running away. You think like the, the viewer thinks like, oh, good, she's going to make it. Oh, she's going to make it. No, she's not. Yes, yeah. she is. No, she's not. Yes, she is. Oh, no, she didn't. Well, it gives, you, it gives you that baby face hope spot where you think she's going to get out. And then the fact that she doesn't is just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and so, and the way that the movie ends, like, Frank um, committed, uh, commits suicide because he, like, hallucinates that the, the mannequins in his apartment are attacking him. And then it pulls the goofy early 80s horror movie thing of like, uh, I guess that's all over. And then Frank's eyes open suddenly and that's where it ends. Um, so like, I don't know that I, I don't know that Maniac is like essential viewing, but I do think it's notable anytime a slasher movie does something interesting with the concept, like with uh, Mutilator, like, because the, the world is lousy with shitty slasher movies. And I think they kind of went out of vogue in the, in the early 90s, up in, like right uh, until Scream happened. And even then, Scream was a slasher movie that actually did anything interesting with the, with the premise. So yeah. to me, I think this is why like, retro nostalgia stuff like Fender Bender doesn't cut it, because they're, I don't know. Here's, okay, here's what it is. Um, there was a literary magazine, Quincy, that you, I think, uh, Entropy? That you, yes. um, I, I submitted an article that got published about um, massacre, like masochism core games, uh, where I was just shit talking them because to me, like with video games, like there are these, you know, games where the entire premise of the thing is it's so fucking hard, man. It's just really, it's the hardest game you'll ever play. And it's like, okay, is it, is it fun? Absolutely not. But it's really hard. And so they, they fetishize this level of hardness. And frequently the thing that they cite 
for why they they like it is that like nah video games now they're 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 for soft little baby hands and they spoon feed you the baby food through the game and it's too easy it's not like when we were kids and you'd play like ljn games on nintendo and it was fucking hard and you 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 know it was it was unforgiving and difficult and the problem is that they're lionizing these games that were basically banged out at a like a cut rate breakneck pace um, to try to capitalize on thing on, on like movie franchises and stuff. So these games were hard because it didn't occur to the fuckfaces making them that maybe they should be fun and playable. And that's how I feel about the lionization of early '80s slashers movies. That slasher movies that's really in vogue right now with filmmakers, where they're trying to recreate this era that fucking sucked. Right, and the problem is that it was all exploitation and grind, and there was it, it's it's attributing intention where there's likely little to none it because right. we don't walk around and talk about how you know troll 2 was genius because we look at it and say like oh that's slapdash and awful yeah but a lot of these movies that we're you know looking at with nostalgia are slapdash quick buck you know exploitation movies that's i mean in, and well the first you Friday know, the 13th movie is garbage and when i say it's garbage i, like I mean it. that oh i mean here's the thing i've watched it eight million times and i'm gonna watch it eight million times more and it's it's garbage because there's not a single part of it that's in any way inventive or new even the score by harry manfredini is one is wholesale ripped off from psycho um and so i mean we, we love it be, because of hindsight if, if Friday the 13th had come out now and was the same movie, I would think it was garbage. Yeah, that's fair. We'd say, like, what is this? What are, they're not even doing anything with it. Yeah, and, and, even, the, and even the reveal with Pamela Voorhees being the killer, it's kind of cool that a middle-aged woman yeah. is yeah. sort of uh, killing all these kids, but that reveal is completely thrown the fuck in and unearned because she's introduced in, like, the last 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. And, like, the jump scare at the ending of the movie is so great, but, I mean, that's the same problem with Sleepaway Camp, is it sort of falls apart when it's relying on some, you know, it's it's like I always think about when I was taking creative writing classes, how, like, when someone in class would turn in a story and the very end was like, and they were ghosts the whole time. I was like, <laughs> fuck you, don't then, do that. So why then is who it was phone? It, Right, and so why is it that when it's um, a movie, I'm like, oh, that makes it a good movie. It's like, well, not technically. No, and Friday the 13th also has no fucking clue about its own mythology, and it doesn't care, because it's like, oh, Jason Voorhees, he drowned as a child, except he didn't and he's a grown man now, but he lives in the lake, or maybe a shack. He's definitely dead, but also alive, and he maybe watched his mother get killed, but he does pop out of the lake as a child, and then months later is a hulking man in, in, with a bag over his head. And <laughs> these movies, here's, here's, all right, here's the crux of the biscuit. I've been playing the Friday the 13th uh, game with a bunch of buddies from Russell Twitter, and it's so much goddamn fun, but it was made by people who love a franchise that doesn't love them back, and they took... <laughs> all of the good things about Friday the 13th and actually built on it. And everybody who made this game has thought about this franchise ten times more than the makers ever fucking did. They do not care. They're banging them out. Um, and it's a, it's a dumb, shitty slasher franchise. This is a franchise that took, like... I, I think Dustin Kramer uh, made this point that, like, this is a franchise that took six movies to figure out its strengths before promptly forgetting them for the next three. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, hold on now, you're building up to Jason Takes Manhattan, which is notoriously <laughs> bad. Although, I do like that one quite a bit. Because now here's, it's so you know, fucking ridiculous. I, I actually kind of love Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, um, that's, that's... So, I think yeah. what we're kind of getting at is for every gym like Slaughterhouse or The Mutilator, where you see the Motel real... Motel Hell, even. Yeah, Motel Hell, um... You know, uh, Maniac, there's a nail gun massacre or a, you know, sleepaway camp. Or You know you know what it also is? The, all the movies that we're citing as good examples of this had a fucking sense of humor. Like They didn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, Friday the 13th wouldn't know a joke if it bit it on its undead dick. It, it, there's yeah, nothing... There, there, I don't think there's a genuine actual laugh aside from the Crispin Glover dance in part four 
in the entire fucking franchise. Yeah, because all of my laughs are about Muffins, the dog, and, like, the right. cat, and, like, you know, all the ridiculous stuff. You know, knocking out a biker punk and stealing his clothes, and right. you know, it, all it, that reminds ridiculousness. Me, it reminds me of a thing that my, my creative writing Obi-Wan in college told me. Or not, or not, it didn't tell me, but, like, said it generally during class, which was, don't try to be funny. Just be funny and let that be the way that you view the world. And when Friday the 13th is, like, trying to make a yuck, it just falls so flat. Like, when you've got, you know, the, the grave digger in part six who, while looking dead at the camera, goes, some people have a funny idea of entertainment. And it's like, oh, boy, they're talking to the audience. Like, I, ugh, it's not. Yeah. So, Ryan, what you're saying is if you're writing a screenplay and you try to make a yuck, you might as well be fucked. If you if you make a yuck, go on and get fucked. That's that's what I'm. That's, this is a no yuck zone. We we do not condone your yucks. We we do not support them. Um, but yeah, like so for 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 a slasher movie to be, and also all right, I've, I've got a theory. When you say that you're into horror and somebody looks at you askance, do they assume that you that when you say I like horror movies, you're saying I like exploitative, stupid with two O's horror movies from the 80s uh no because i think most people think of horror and they think like the most recent paranormal activity or like that new one that's coming out that's the the um seven wishes like i think that's what people think of when they think of horror oh yeah yeah that's fair so i, I think because that's horror, like oh yeah. it's teenage gropey gropey movies and you're just right, a which... man child yeah, you're you're just a you're just a little a little man with little hands watching your fucking dumb movies. And I think I love horror so much because I know what it can be. So it's frustrating to me when somebody makes a horror movie with no imagination, no heart, and no brains. Like as as was the style in the early '80s. So that when you get a thing like fucking um, the Mutilator or Maniac that actually has anything you can dig into, alongside and the thing is. A movie like Maniac doesn't sacrifice really visceral, horrible scares to do those things. It knows how to, like, hold two things at once, basically. Yeah. So, is the Maniac better than the Mutilator? I think... Hmm, that's a good question. I, now, for this one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna default to the Friday Night Test. I would rather watch Mutil uh, the Mutilator than Maniac. Yeah. But I mean, it's just a hair under, right? It is just a hair under, but and and this isn't even fair necessarily. But the um, the fr the guy that plays Frank Zito, Joe Spinelli or Spinell, um, he's a weird, greasy little shit, and he makes me uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable to look at in this role. Um, and maybe that's I mean that's by design, obviously, and that's um, an intended effect of the movie. But between that and the mutilator and like these. I would go for wild, goofy kills that are fun over really grim, brutal, terrible kills on a Friday night. Yeah, and it is uncomfortable. Like, that's the reason why I didn't finish it, is um, it was just awkward. And I literally didn't feel okay watching it. Yeah. And uh, given the week I've had, that was not what I wanted to spend my time doing. Absolutely. Like you when you when you dig into this movie, you get some of it under your nails. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's it it's gross. Um and there's and, and it's also um there's a scene in this that features uh Tom Savini, who you know, the living the living uh, effects legend, um, getting killed with a double barrel shotgun, and apparently that was like loosely inspired by the son of Sam Killings in nineteen seventy six. Um Yeah, but that was that's another A plus scene. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like that scene is really effective, but I think just knowing that it was inspired by the Son of Sam killings, that makes it a little more uncomfortable for me that I know this is coming from a place and it's not like, you know, Jason uses hedge clippers on a kid's head or whatever. Like this is it's a it's a fucking shotgun and it's uncomfortable. So what are you saying that it should go lower because it's so awkward or it's actually a good movie because it discomforts you? You know, actually, that's the thing is, I it's effective and it does exactly what it needs to do. Um, I still, I still haven't seen the remake they did with Elijah Wood in the. the oh, the we're title gonna role. have to watch that one. That one's on Shutter, and uh, now that I've seen 
most of this one, I'm ready to see what they do to the new one. Yeah. Um, but so I would, I think I would actually put this maybe a hair above the mutilator. Above? You'd put it, it, it's better well, than the mutilator? Well, because now, and, and, and this is, I think, the, the primary conflict between, between a lot of movies we try figuring out um, which one of them is better, is I think Maniac is more effectively viscerally scary, but the mutilator is more fun to watch. Yeah, but the mutilator has some gross-out scare moments, too. Oh, it certainly does. Like, some of the, like a lot of the kills in this are... are really effective and really splashy and, and terrible. So, let's remind slash warn our listeners that in the Mutilator, they take a gaff, which is a big fish hook you use to haul a giant fish into a boat, which I know, because I used to spend uh, fishing trips with my grandpappy on the dam. Uh, they literally put a gaff between a woman's legs and it comes out her stomach and yeah. lifts her off to the table and then chops her head off. Yeah, that's pretty fucking rough. Yeah, and then the mutilator is just stabbings and scalpings. Yeah. I just think that... I'm sorry, I got that behind. Maniac is just stabbings and scalpings. Yeah, I just it's, feel it's, like the mutilator yeah. is so much more innovative I would agree, than what actually. I've seen from Maniac. I would agree. I think just because a movie makes me uncomfortable because it's meant to make me uncomfortable, I... I, I, I while that is impressive and they pull they pull the thing off really well and I think this movie is actually I, I think Maniac is a lot more influential than we maybe realize, especially because of its place in you know, in between the seventies and the eighties. Uh, but I think between the two of those I don't know, I feel like the mutilators here's the thing, two things. Taking more chances and has a catchier theme tune. I think music wins out. Mm-hmm. I would buy the mutilator soundtrack if they released it on oh in a heartbeat not even a question uh imagine the man the just the the album cover like i'm thinking about it right now and it's just yeah get on that um record labels that press re-releases of and and, and here and, soundtracks. and here it also is it has a better tagline because maniac's tagline on the poster is uh, in creepy letters i warned you not to go out tonight and the tagline on uh, the mutilator is by axe, by sword, by pick, by bye. Um, yeah, and also hashtag the um, Cavity Colors, uh, which is a really awesome clothing company. If you guys don't know about them, check them out. Um, ha- released a mutilator clothing uh, line, and they made limited edition. Unfortunately, they're gone mutilator enamel pins of that gaff, and I'm so sad I never got one. Oh, uh, Jesus. they're dope. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so it has a better tagline, better theme tune, and is, I would say, almost as viscerally uh, brutal with the, the murder scenes. So what if we put the Mutilator as number 20 and Maniac as number 21? I, well, yeah, wait, wait, let me, let me see what's number, House? Yeah, no, Maniac is better than House. I feel good about putting Mutilator just above Maniac. So that's a pretty close race. Mm-hmm. So speaking so. of movies that are indebted to those that came before them, uh, we're going to talk about a movie called She Kills. Uh, Ron Bonk is the director, and he was super cool to give us a screener of this movie. This came out in like 2016, and it is a um, parody of Grindhouse movies. Um, homage. Uh, I yeah, feel like uh, homage yeah. is too respectful for what this is doing. This is saying grindhouse movies are dumb, so we're gonna make a dumb, fun movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was basically it. Was just like, huh? Aren't, aren't grindhouse movies stupid? Anyway, I'm gonna like waste your time for an hour and a half. The tagline is: "She gets revenge the only way she knows how with her STD Satan infected vagina." And I'd like to point out, I was angry about this tagline purely because it didn't use hyphens. Like, just yeah, please it uses get an it, ellipsis. guys. Get it, get a, yeah, get a copy editor. Please hyphenate STD infected. Yeah. STD yep. Satan infected. <laughs> oh, ST- so wait, is it STD Satan infected? Is it saying that it's infected by an STD from Satan? 
or is yeah, it yeah. of Satan and happens to have an STD? Like, where does the STD come into this? Did Satan... Anyway, we're, we're giving this too much thought. Um, it, it's, it's... Uh, well, how would, how would you describe... Um, it is... Uh, it's a scary movie type movie. Like, like the, the Wayne Brothers type movie for Grindhouse. Because each scene is a reference to a different kind of exploitation movie from the gang, the the gang of rapists called the Touchers, and that guy's mustache that is hair goes all the way down around his, his nipples. Okay, come on, that's funny. No, that was that was yeah. All right, the thing is, um, there were a couple of things about this that I thought were actually funny. Um. Uh, when she puts on the crow makeup and she busts into that bar dressed like the crow. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. This, this movie, yeah, it's, I, now, this is one of those movies that if I watched it again, it would be shamefully by myself. And, and <laughs> I, now this, this movie kind of reminds me of, now here's the thing. Uh, Quincy, when we first met each other, both of us were pretty into trauma movies. Um, yes, this is fact, very trauma inspired. Oh yeah, and I myself actually was uh, a haraway as a, as an eighteen year old guy from interning for trauma, um, and you know unpaid, just trying to get a foot in because as a teenager I loved trauma so much because I thought it was so subversive and bad on purpose and like kind of punk rock and it wasn't until later that I kind of realized that trauma is actually bullshit. Um, I'm still very fond of a lot of trauma movies, like Toxie and, and Surf Nazis Must Die and Newcomb High, but I think the problem is that like a lot of their early movies were earnest horseshit schlock, and eventually they just started going like, huh, this is our brand, let's make really bad movies on purpose, and they became insufferable. Yeah, and, and that's a little, like, I, I want to make it clear that I laughed consistently throughout the entire movie. It was mm. far from... She Kills is far from insufferable. It's actually... Oh, yeah. Enjoyable. Now, um, there is a lot of stuff that also made me cringe. It's... The special effects are really fun, but the best way to describe them is... Guar-esque. <laughs> and... Yeah. I realize while watching it that this is for a very niche audience. Yeah, this is an audience of about 12 people. This is... Collectively. I don't want to say inaccessible. I just want to say, like, not for the faint of heart. Because... Guys, penises are ripped out. It's weirdly tasteful, too. Because there's, like... There's toplessness, but there's never any full frontal nudity. And this is the most creative use of Merkins I've seen in films <laughs> in a long time. Actually, I Have would you say seen my the overnight. No, this movie uh, rivals the overnight in their Merkin usage. Um, and Ron, if you're listening, put that on your DVD cover. Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, I think my my favorite uh, full frontal nudity in a recent schlock movie, which by the way is certainly a fucking sentence somebody has now said, uh, is Wolf Cop. Like Ugh. there, there's there's a bit in Wolf Cop where the werewolf guy is taking a piss and then he starts turning into a werewolf while pissing, and it they do a thing with his dick that's like pretty creative I think like it's it's it was a visceral kind of weird transformation thing and I thought it was kind of neat. Um, yeah, this movie is so Wolf Cop to me. It is so let's just you know make a couple of jokes and go gung-ho with special effects it's again yep. another vehicle of like hey we figure out how to cgi this camera shot so it looks like she is shooting straight through a guy's dick hey um we have all these extra sausage links that look kind of like intestines let's <laughs> use them um there's right. some genius when she stomps on that penis and it gushes blood from the urethra like that's oh, yeah. pretty well done and mm -hmm. um I'll tell you the the explosive diarrhea scene uh, 
just like the gaff in um, the mutilator, like I almost had to turn the movie off. It was so gross. Uh, but also, like she dresses up like Brandon Lee in the Crow, and like puts a bottle in her vagina and fucks the back of a guy's head until it explodes. Which I and and here's the thing, I so I appreciate so much that this movie was basically doing the aristocrats joke. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, let's see how fucking gonzo... And also, and now there's an interesting conversation to be had with that, that I think that with horror, especially, it's kind of like with comics, where you, in this in this medium, and like with this genre uh, specifically, you can get away with some fucking crazy shit because nobody's particularly paying attention to it outside of people who are already into it. Like, yeah. you can really, really, really go for it with a thing like horror. And I, I really appreciate that she kills just kind of, you know, looked at itself, looked at horror and went like, all right, uh, we're going to tell an extended surrealist dirty joke. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's a dirty, violent joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so uh, it's it, like, I felt like I had, I felt like I had to take a shower afterwards. So I think it did what it meant to do. Yeah. And, and I guess the way I would put that is like. Like we were saying, the farther down on this list we go, the more challenging these movies are. And like, I think we have a clear area that's like not for everyone, but if you're into this kind of thing, then check it out. And I think that's, you know, in the 50s, uh, because that's where we have, you know, our death matches and microwave massacre and, you know, In's mouth and all those movies. I think that's kind of the part of the list we need to, to look at. I think so too. Yeah. So like one sentence takeaway. What'd you um, think of She Kills? One sentence takeaway. Um... <laughs> you know, a soundbite for the DVD co- cover. It would just be in all caps, my dick. Um, th- th- that's that's my one sentence synopsis of of this movie. Um, I think yeah. the there's a couple of things that are just very endearing. When they switch the car chase scene to Hot Wheels cars and they lit that Hot Wheels car on fire, I mm-hmm. smiled a lot. Yeah, and I feel like I would name. Yeah, I feel. I, I, yeah. And, like, when they were doing the kung fu gag where they were talking and their lips weren't matching, I kind of rolled my eyes. Of course. But then they started turning the pets into weapons, and they did that whole flying guillotine with the cat turned into a pie. Like, that was kind of (laughs) cool. Fuck. And it's like, that's what it is, is there's just enough gags where you're like... Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> for sure. And I feel like my... Uh, if I were going to make a blurb for the jacket, it would just be like... Um, oh, man. I don't even know what that would look like. I feel like it would just be like... Um, imagine being trapped in a in a dentist's waiting room with Lloyd Kaufman for an hour and a half. <laughs> and that's... Yeah, that would be my, <laughs> my synopsis. Oof, that's, a, that's a tough one. It's like an embarrassed kind of enjoyment. Like, a, it's a guilty pleasure. Oh, for sure. That's what I'll say. Because oh, I would never, it's I would the never kind brag of thing, about liking this. Full disclosure, uh, I was a little embarrassed that I suggested it because we were supposed to have a guest on tonight. Mm-hmm. And although he had some personal stuff come up, I do kind of wonder if that was just code for I watch She Kills and I don't want to come on the show. I watch She Kills and would rather die than talk about it. Um, I don't want Which, the stain of, of, of She Kills on my conscience and on my soul. Let me tell you, I can stand here right now and look you in the eyes and tell you it's better than Microwave Massacre. Oh, yeah. By a country mile, it's better than Microwave Massacre. Yeah. That's the actual sentence. Better than Microwave Massacre by a country mile. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. Um, I think the ceiling of this for me, um, it is absolutely not better than He Took a Skin Off for me. Yeah, that's pretty fair. So under He Took a Skin Off for me is Shallow Water and that Nail Hill Deathmatch. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about cringy, please don't tell my father movies, 
which would you, which is worse to be discovered watching? She kills or Leatherface trying to murder a man on videotape? I a mean, grainy videotape from 1994 or a... <laughs> Another thing about you know, She Kills is it looks really good. Oh, like, sure. The way it's shot looks good. It's it's some of the best digital filmmaking I've seen in a long time. Like it's Definitely. a really clean. They had a decent budget for it. But now, see here here's here's the crux of of, of the biscuit for me, which would be more embarrassing to have somebody walk in on me watching uh, the IWA Japan Nail Hell Death Match from 1994 or She Kills. Um, the thing is, I feel like my personal brand is I like good horror movie, like like sort of like objectively like quality well thought out cerebral horror movies and sometimes garbage wrestling so i feel like if somebody walked in on me watching uh, a pair of leather faces power bombing a guy onto a board full of nails i feel like that would be more on brand and less embarrassing for me than if someone walked in on me watching like the first 15 minutes of she kills so i hear what you're saying mm-hmm. but counterpoint yeah. That's real ghoul territory to say you'd like to see an actual man chopped up so much and bleeding that that's better than a vagina puppet that eats a man. Now, that's true. A vagina puppet does go a long way for me. And um, that penis puppet. That Oh, the um, penis puppet, yeah. At the end, that is some A-plus special effects. Kind of reminded me of Tromeo and Juliet with the, the fucking puppet penis. Yeah! Um, so actually, between that... I think you're right. Uh, I think uh, I would put this squarely between uh, it's better than Microwave Massacre um, and also probably better than the Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch. So is it better than Shallow Water? I would say no. Yeah. So I think then it's right under, honestly, it's a coin toss at this point between Nail Hell and (laughs) Same. Same, yeah. Um, do you have a quarter in your pocket or something? I, I, I do, I do, actually. Let me, let me... Okay. I will, I will solve this right now. Okay, okay, I'm flipping. Hold on. Heads, it's 52. Tails, it's number 53. Tails, 53. All right, so in at number 53 <laughs> is Sheik's right under the IWA this, Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch, right above Microwave Massacre. This is the first time we've... We've done that, you realize. Like, so they entirely be a coin flip. Which just reinforces that our list is jank as flying shit. We nailed it together with stuff we found on the ground. No, it's not jank because this list has, you know... It has integrity. It has integrity. <laughs> Speaking of integrity, uh, if you want us to treat your movie uh, the way that we treat we treated Mr. Bonks, She Kills, um, shoot us an email at rankandvilecast at gmail.com and talk to us. Uh, if you are a listener and you want to suggest a movie, uh, since we take them so seriously, you can also send those to our email, rankandvilecast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, we mm-hmm. are available on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, please consider giving us a review uh, because that really helps us get um, introduced to new listeners. Uh, we're on Instagram at Rank and Vile. We're on Twitter where we're pretty active at Rank and Vile Cast. Uh, come say hi. There's a lot of fun extras. Um, if you want to see this list we're talking about, um, our listener Dustin Kramer has done a pretty great job on Letterboxd in making a list. If you go to our Tumblr, which is rankinvilecast.tumblr.com, if you dig in the archives, you can find a link to that. Occasionally, we are mentioned and we retweet when Dustin updates it. He'll tweet out, I've made a new list. Um, he's like he's like an ancillary member of the podcast at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's earning a um, guest host slot at some point in time excellent ryan we got Um, any other news going on uh, i don't believe so i I was reliably reliably informed by two different people in in the last week that um they that rank and vile is good to put on for their morning commutes that like you know i like that every tuesday or like monday i can you know when i wake up and i'm ready to go to work and, and and i hate it i can at least listen to two goblins cackling about horror movies um, oh, so that—that's so nice to hear. Thank you, guys. 
Yeah, thank you. And hey, watch out for that car up ahead. Yeah, yeah. Also, also drive safely and, and don't crash because um, we were talking about the Bye Bye Man and then you thought about the Bye Bye Man and you said his name over and over again. Uh, don't think it, don't say it. Don't think it, don't say it. He, he, he claims another life. It's, Ryan, it's, it's what if we start signing off with don't think it, don't say it? <laughs> but then I feel like it would be like, wait, don't think it, don't say it. What? Like, and then we'd have to explain the bye-bye man. <laughs> and then everybody would be like, why? So if you guys fucking love the bye-bye man so much, A, why don't you marry it? And then B, why isn't that like number one on your fucking <laughs> list? Bye-bye man. Better than alien, better than get out. <laughs> And then it would at that point we would have gone like full shit house like we would have got, completely gone around the bend into insanity. Oh hey, one more thing. Did you know you could have gone to a screening to a horror movie tonight, but I declined it because we had our set recording time. <laughs> Wait, which uh, which movie? That movie, A Ghost Story. Have you heard about it? It looks pretty oh, ridiculous. Oh, I have heard about that. I was reading about that on. I was reading about that on Bloody Disgusting. Actually. Yeah. So um, the people at A24 were kind enough to say, "No, we will not send you a screener to our prestigious film uh, because it's actually starring Casey Affleck." But they said, "But if you want to come to the screening in LA, it starts at seven on Thursday." Uh, and I chose not to give you that information because um, we had that recording, and it's either going to be really good or really fucking bad. Well, and also fuck Casey Affleck, to be honest. Yeah, it does have a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes so far, so maybe we don't well, get there we go. I mean, well, there we go. I mean, I could have at least been there glowering every time Casey Affleck was on screen, but still going to a horror event, because I've only Man. been to a couple of screenings for horror movies here. Kesha is in it too. I'm sorry, Ryan. I done goofed. Wait, wait. Get the fuck out. Kesha was, and here I am re- recording a podcast like a fucking rube when Kesha was in a horror movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I chose bitterly this time this. to to break until this the day to I you. die. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna this. I'm gonna clutch this to my chest like a burning coal until the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I hope you all oh, have a shit. great week. Yep. Take it easy, guys.